Welcome to the Psych Fit Podcast. Welcome to the Relationship Podcast. My name mm-hmm. is Georgia. I am with PsychFit Relationship Therapy. I am a therapist, but my guest today is not a client of mine. If you tuned in last week, we went through Series 2, Episode 1 of the Relationship Podcast with Aaron Browning, and we are talking about significant relationships. Uh, last week, we talked about his first and his second significant relationships. That's linked down below if you want to check that out first. Today, we're just picking up with the journey of Aaron's story, how he got to where he is today, and how his significant relationships created his environment and who he is and, and how he is. So Aaron, welcome back. Thank you. So glad that you're here. Last week, we left off talking about the time of your life where you were getting to know yourself, yourself being your second significant relationship. Mm. And, and so deep, such a deep observation. That's the first I, I credit you. That's free, right? Like I don't have to pay for that. Like, <laughs> I should be paying you. Analysis is my, my, it's my most important significant relationship and also my second and, and, and yeah, how we that, should always be in. And the one that you're still in. Congrats. And the one we're still together. Yeah. I, yeah. I, this, these stories are, are so meaningful for human connection. And I just, I just appreciate being there with you in that moment. Um, so yeah. So here you are, you're in a relationship with yourself for maybe the first time in your life. You're saying, I need to exercise. I need to move. I need something different. And then, and then what happens? You, you're in Wyoming uh, and Montana and now. Montana. Yeah. And it took me a hot second to, to, you know, like I got a different job. I started making probably three times the amount of money that I was doing some consulting and was making three times the amount of money that I had made, you know, was finally able to be like, oh, okay, I can like financially now afford to like relocate and had a job where uh, that was possible, right? And they were very gracious to allow me to do that. And so I got down here, I moved in with my ride or die. She and I have a not romantic relationship for those of you who like were, are just tuning in, like I'm gay, FYI. So she's the grace to my will, but we have been uh, housemates or roommates off and on, I think in like five different iterations over since we met in like 2002. And she used to live in Montana and had moved down here to Colorado to become a massage therapist. And, um, you know, I came down to, I, I figured and decided on Colorado because when I came to visit her and we were snowboarding buddies, she taught me how to snowboard. God, God help her. Thank you. Uh, it's good now. Like I'm going on 15 seasons of snowboarding. So like I got it, but at the time, like I'm so grateful for her. Like, Is that how you broke your arm? <laughs> no, but people, I wish it, I wish that were true. No, I, I was stupidly fell on the sidewalk um, oh. on ice, but I should have told everybody that it was a snowboarding accident because that would be way cooler. Right. Um, so much street cred. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't... so I have to ask if, if you're ride or die, one of your soulmates is still in your life. Where does she fit in, in the scale of significance? Where, where was this introduction? Oh, that's so hard. So she, my birthday earlier, uh, about a month ago and oh, happy birthday. She, thank you. She gave me the most wonderful birthday card. Um, and it said there are friends, there are good friends, there are best friends. And then there's you mm. and you know, handwritten, like I was like, Oh, Oh, 
so perfect. And it also like, I don't deserve her. Right. Um, I don't. And she, you know, like, like it's hard once you get, like I said, like there's three soulmates, it's like hard to rank them. Right. Um, they each fulfill like a different, such a different role in my life. She's beyond significant. She's, she's beyond significant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's like, She's like Buddha reincarnated, I swear. <laughs> you know, she's just like so wise. Um, oh, and yeah, so, so when we like, yeah. So anyway, that's that was not my second romantic room relationship, but I we we moved in together. She was dating somebody almost like boom, instantly. I like open up the apps, like match, 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 go on dates, met the guy who became uh my partner, my boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. I still will tease him now and say that he's my ex-husband. He hates that. Uh, <laughs> we're together for two years and a day or something like that. <laughs> who's um, counting, right? Yeah, who's counting? Uh, and But we met and like I fell for him real fast. So the and, rule, and, your rule yes, of not falling. I was totally broken again. It was like instantly <laughs> broken again. Like this time it'll be different. Right? This time. But, but I just moved to, I had just moved to Colorado. And so it's like, yeah, new me, right? Like, you know, different job, different, you know, state, different outlook on life. And it was just like, yeah, I was like, it felt like the right thing to do because uh, everything was just coming in order. And like, and again, like we didn't get very far before the floods happened. And it was literally like, you know, the heavens had opened up and like started raining water to like get us in the ark together, you know, and perhaps (laughs) that in retrospect was a mistake, but not like, I don't regret it at all. Right. Like it was clearly like, you know, just like one universal philosophy or one like life philosophy is that I have, that I've come to recently is that everything that has ever happened to you or me, right? Since the beginning of time to the, you know, to what happened in the pandemic to, you know, meeting Finland or whoever, you know, like has led you and I to the, to the moment that we are in right now, having this podcast, talking with each other. And so similarly, everything that happened led to the moment where we, my ex and I moved in together and had like a wonderful time. And I, you know, and he's still very important to me. So I cherish him. We are not a romantic match and uh, that's okay. So the, the what ifs and the internal chatter for you get pushed down, not pushed down. They get helped out by you understanding that you couldn't have done it differently. It wouldn't have been better or worse if you had done it a different way. You can't be anywhere other than where you are. That it, you cannot be anywhere other than you not. And we could go into if you're a Calvinist and and what you believe, like the purpose of of making decisions are. But I I really need to know what was going on for you during this significant relationship. You've had one relationship where you moved in. You learned that you needed to be connected to yourself. You had a relationship with yourself. You figured out what you needed next. And now you met someone, you moved in with them. You still adoringly call him your ex-husband. But what was going on for you? I feel like I lost my connection with myself, honestly. And I think if you look back, you know, you should interview him. Um, (laughs) Because like you end the relationship and you're, and at the time I remember I was so bitter for so long after that, right? Like there was a period of time where I could barely stand to be in the same room with him when I was taking custody of the puppy or whatever it happened to be after our relationship ended. And so I thought for a long time that everything that happened was his fault. None of it was my fault, which is like, that's never true. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it feels so oh, true. It feels so true. It feels oh. so uh, no, it's not. And I think I just, you know, like I, I, I took it for granted. I took him for granted. And I just became mindless in the relationship, right? And then I also had a new job. I actually, I took a job temporarily working in the LGBTQ rights movement. We were on the precipice of getting gay marriage. I was traveling all over the country again for that. And I was not mindful of my relationship and one that was not mindful of myself, right? And my relationship with myself. And I think at that time, hmm? Your behaviors changed? I think so. I mean, my behaviors then are so different than my behaviors are now, right? Like I'm not, uh, I was always trying to get to the next place, right? We got to get to the point where we have a puppy, got to get to the point where we're able to buy a house together, try doing that in Boulder. Um, yeah, not, <laughs> Million dollars not, no, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but instead of being able to appreciate the pleasure and the contentment uh, or being even content when there isn't like the dopamine, you know more about this than I do, but like pleasure, like that's this very specific chemical, right? Like it's dopamine, it seeks dopamine and you're like having a good time. You got to be like content when that's not happening, Mm -hmm. right? And that was not who I was at that moment. It was always like, well, I will be happy if, if X happens, if what, or I'll be happy when. And that's a tough place to be. And like, why do you want to be around somebody like that? You know, I, so I don't blame him. Right. So that old message that you saw your parents repeat that a relationship starts, has a middle, you get married. That message was informing. Yeah. It was informing your ability to say, we're going to go out on the sidewalk on this day and we're going to walk to this grocery store and we're going to pick up pickles and then we're going to turn around and come come back. I don't know if you like pickles. And then (laughs) all gay men like pickles. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then you're going to enjoy those pickles because today is Tuesday. But in your mind, you're saying if we're not moving towards something, we're not we're not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is yes. that losing yourself. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. I mean, I think also, <laughs> you know, there was like, we were at different places in our lives. Right. And I was much more in that mode. Right. Like I had left Montana. I was on the move. I was on the hunt for, you know, like a, a partner or thought that's what I needed at that time. And I think he was realizing at that point in his life, I don't want to speak for him. He was evolving into who he is today, who is an, he's an amazing human being. And one of my favorites and was just realizing that like the path was not with me. And like, for example, like he wanted to move into the city and like live in a condo and, you know, just like a very urban life. And he's now covered in tattoos, which is like, he loves, it's like, not my thing. Not my thing. It just reminds me too much of some trauma from young, uh, from childhood, but. um, I will, I will write that down for later. I'll write that down. <laughs> like not, not, not tattooed all over. So um, the meaning of like, it, coming it up works again. for him. Yeah. So the meaning of home, home for you is really fitting into like. Oh yeah, no, like I wanted, I was like 
taking, I was sort of realized the aha moment because I was like taking him to see like neighborhoods with picket fences that were being constructed. And we actually found a place or I found a place in Lafayette, right? Like outside Boulder. And they were building, because I lived there for a while and they were building these houses that were new construction that were actually like, you could afford to buy them, which you cannot now, right? But you could at the time. And so I was like, let's do it. Like, let's put our name on the list. Like, let's do it. And that was when he was just like, you know, abort, abort, because he wanted his life to go in a different direction. And he, you know, was just sort of coming into that realization. So it was was kind of like his realization was the same as my realization with my first relationship. Right. And I I, like, I wasn't, I don't think I was paying enough attention to him and his needs. Right. And like, Hmm. you know, from the same sex situation to, you know, everything else. So Aaron's discovering that when you don't pay attention to yourself, you can't pay attention to other people either. I think that's true. So it's more of a wall that goes up in general and you lose both relationships. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way either, but that's pretty wise. That's probably why you have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So wise observations like check us out on instagram no i'm social media free but i need to get an instagram so so you you are oh you're blindsided because you're not paying enough attention to yourself to realize that you haven't seen him either and he says my home my life my path looks different and you've lost connection with yourself and then you you go separate ways Uh uh-huh What's what's going on for you during that time? You sounded like it was really angry. I was very angry and it was compounded by the fact that probably within within days of him telling me that we were through, my mother called. I remember I was I was standing downtown. I had just gotten a hot dog. Don't eat hot dogs. But I just got a hot dog for lunch. Uh, it was a good, it was like a gourmet hot dog. Let me just. <laughs> Did it have any It was a delicious, it was like a boutique, delicious, like hippie hot dog, right? It's in so Rhino, Boulder. Right? So it was, yeah. So anyway, I was, I was downtown. Um, I can laugh about this now. My mom calls me wow. like, this is strange. And she, you can hear the trembling in her voice. And she says something to the effect of, I got a test result that, that my doctor thinks I might have cancer. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that kicked off, you know, a couple of weeks where it, she was diagnosed with stage four terminal pancreatic cancer. And so I was angry. I was angry at work. I was angry with my partner. I was like the trifecta. And then I was angry at this situation with my mom. And I was like, can we swear on this podcast? I don't know. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> you can bleep that out if you want. I was like, fuck it. I'll learn how to do I'm that. Like, I'm leaving Colorado. I'm leaving all of this. Uh, So I moved home. I moved, I moved to Idaho and um, moved in with my sister who was preggers, preggers, preggers. Actually at that point she had had, yeah. So there's a whole longer story there, but like she and her husband were having significant fertility problems, got a surrogate after the surrogate surrogate got pregnant, she got pregnant. So she was like, her surrogate had just given birth. She was pregnant and going to give birth like weeks later. That was happening. I like, Hey, I'll come home. I'll be like marginally helpful with the babies and we'll like get through this like death of our mother stuff together. Right. Oh, that's so significant. Um, yeah. So, uh, got a different job, uh, that allowed me really to do was, it was similar to consultants, like training and curriculum development and stuff for the progressive movement and candidates and campaigns and stuff like that. And I, um, I was able to do that like at all hours of the night. And then like, I would go to my mother's house, 
during the day and help care for her. Right. And then, you know, her, my brother, my sister, and I would uh, alternate sort of time as with my mom as, you know, her health declined. And that was my, uh, that was a hundred percent my focus. And again, I neglected myself and it was just able for me to just like, like hold all the anger inside with my ex way longer than I should have. Cause it was just, it was just able to get like wrapped up with the anger of like losing a parent and putting your life on hold, you know, like feeling like, a, a, you know, that this would eat something that you thought would never happen. I really think a milestone in someone's life is when you lose a parent I, Yeah, because, because you think that's never going to happen until it does. I, I I think, right? Maybe people have parents who who get very, very ill and then recover or something like that or have a near a scare or something, and they realize that how quickly that that can happen. It's uh, like grief doesn't have a meaning grief. until you understand. Grief does not have a meaning until I mean, you could lose a you could lose a partner, you could lose a sibling, you could lose your best friend. You could, you know, until you have that kind of significant loss, I think you don't understand what grief is. Or grief takes on, I don't want to say that, that sounds very judgmental. Grief takes on a new meaning. I had ne- I have never felt grief like I did during that period of time and anger. And all this sort of like negative emotions, like those are all like in one part of your brain, right? I can't remember which part of your brain it is, but like that part is just like firing like crazy, just like anger, 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 frustration, you know, just not a pleasant person to be around. What was your relationship with your mother? Was she, was she able to connect? Was she in... She never, I mean, that's like, we could have a whole podcast on my relationship with my mother. You should. Many gay gay men. Um, (laughs) She and I had a love-hate relationship for most of our life. And so yin and yang, going to back to, you know, basically birth. And so that was hard. I think, you know, she's in, in, a, in a better place now. She's like returned to the wholeness of the universe and yeah. on a different plane and all that good stuff. And like, we're good now. But it was difficult for me, but I also knew like I needed to go home and make peace uh, as best I could. But that was really hard because she never admitted that she was dying and never came to terms with it until she was beyond really at that point where you couldn't communicate anymore and was in hospice. And, you know, like she wasn't really cognizant in the same way. And that causes all sorts of problems. For the people that you leave behind. And I think for yourself too. Like, I wish that she would have been able to make peace with it at, at the end. I, I, if the lesson there, if everything happens for a reason, which I think it does, everything has a cause, even if you don't know what those causes are. And that's just the physics of it. Right. Although the takeaway for me from that experience is that I want to admit it and be at peace with it when my time is here, you know, assuming like, you know, in advance, right? Like, cause sometimes you don't, or you get hit by a car, boom, you know, whatever it happens to be. But I would like, I would like the ability to, to do that. Cause I think it's death is inevitable, right? We're all dying from the moment we're born. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our relationship with death isn't, isn't us losing. Yeah. It, it is. And it's, it's like, it's, it's like the next step in your journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, my relationship and my fear of death is totally 
gone now and different and we could delve into why that is but but at that time it was not right and oh. our relationship yeah i was scared shitless of what was going on because oh. i was like this is happening to you know, the person that brought me into this world, this is going to happen to everybody else that I love. And this is going to happen to me. And it was not pleasant. Pancreatic cancer is not pleasant. Let me just say that. Uh, it is almost impossible to catch until very late stages where it's not treatable. And then the treatment with very, you know, prolongs life by a very short amount of time and takes an incredible toll in doing so. And, um, and then your mother said, I'm I'm not losing this battle. Stop losing this battle. We are going to keep going. I'm going to fight. Like we were flying to Salt Lake. I was flying her to Salt Lake once a week for experimental chemo at the University of Utah, right? Like in a in a trial of new of a new drug at the time. Mm. And you know, try taking a you know stage four cancer chemo patient on a plane. You know, like she was putting up a big fucking fight, right? Like she was fighting hard. And at some point you have to just like let go and enjoy the time that you had. As a result of that, I think we weren't able to have as meaningful time together as we should have at the end. Right. I'm curious, you know, like that, that was my impression. I'm curious what my siblings would say. That's it. We should ask them, but because um, no, everybody's relationship is different. So, and, and you said that your relationship with your mom is continuing on. What was that connection like? What was that connection like after? Oh my gosh, that is so hard to say. Like it was like, there's whole, there's the grief that's happening while you're, you know, losing a parent. And then there's the grief that's happened that happens after. And I would say it was like a year, two years before, like, I really started feeling like I was coming out of the grief. Right. Cause there's so much packed up in like all the things you wish you had said, all the things you wanted to hear from them, like getting back into a routine of what are you going to do? You know, like I, I put my life in Colorado on hold and moved back. So I didn't really have like relationships here on pause. Like they became like long, long distance. You're still in touch with all your friends, right? Like we have, we have the iPhones now. We weren't using the little flip phones anymore. Uh, <laughs> like in, like in our last podcasting episode, but. Uh, it's still not the same as being able to have that FaceTime, right? So I had to like reintegrate to be like, you know, I'm, I'm back in my life. And yeah, yeah. Like so it was like, to, 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 she died in December, 2015. And I think I didn't really sort of like get back into it until summer of 2017. Hmm. So whatever that is, that's a year and a half, two years. I don't know. Something like that. You're waning in and out of connection with yourself. You're changing your connection from an earthly connection with your mom to her being on the next plane and your mm -hmm. ex-husband. We're coining him that and we know that he is not, but your ex-husband, <laughs> he's in the way. Uh, he's going to be so irritated <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. He's not going to be like <gasps> in a bad way. You have to see our, how we interact with each other now, which is like really cute, actually, I think so. Yes, I appreciate it. I know I will. I'm going to share this with him when it comes out. And, and be like, I appreciate you. You know who you are. You know who you are. We Thanks. actually talked about like fake names that I would give him during the podcast. I can't remember what I... Ex-husband was not what you learned. You just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like the same vowel sounds. Like, you know, I wouldn't be like, if, if it were Georgia, I wouldn't be like Morgia or, you know, <laughs> or something like that. 
Because I was like, I was just going to change it slightly. And then he did not like that. So, well, if, um, if ex husband is appropriate, ex husband, I think that's the cutest. Where, where is ex husband in this? You, you have a way, actually, no, sorry, let's start with you. Where is your connection with yourself at this point? Are you totally disconnected from myself at that point? You know, like was throwing myself back into work. I ran a political campaign in the interim, which is, you know, very much a, you know, you can, I actually ran two political campaigns in that interim before like coming back here in 2017. And so, so I went back to Montana and did that and threw myself into work again, just like I had done at the very beginning of my career. Like you want to talk about hundreds and hundreds of hours, you know, I basically got up, went to work, came home, went to bed, got up, went to work, went, came home, went to bed. And that was mm-hmm. what you did on those, on those political campaigns. And I was like, well, when these are all over, then I can pay attention to myself. Oh, um, so you're, you're so like sort of, yeah, it was, it was, I, I learned so much. I love doing those campaigns and I met some incredible people, you know, who you are, who, um, <laughs> Uh, who I'm still very close with today. And I wouldn't change those experiences for anything. And I also feel like if to your question of like, I had no relationship with myself at that time. Mm. So the, the cycle of connection and relationship so far for boyfriend number one and ex-husband are get into a relationship, lose a little bit of yourself and then decide where to go from there. Mm-hmm. So you're at this point, lost connection with yourself. You are grieving your mother moving from the earthly plane to the plane beyond. And I think that in the next episode, we should learn what happens with ex-husband and what comes next. What do you think? I love that. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for hanging out today. Remember, you matter and your story matters, and we want to connect with you. Reach out and let us know what's on your mind and what you'd like to hear next. Send us an email at Georgia at psychready.com. Georgia, like the state, at P S Y C H ready, R E A D Y.com. <laughs>